Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crack Encrypteds and Curios. This is Matt, once again, joined by Angel. Now, Angel, you called me up in a frenzy a few days ago because you said to me, this may be your last episode of Crack Encrypteds and Curios. So in an effort to remain transparent with our audience, I wanted to discuss this for a few minutes. So over the seasons, you have revealed some wild things that you do, which I refer to as your hobbies. In reality, though, these are your side hustles, you call them, that you are hoping that one day one of them strikes big. So this time, you really are getting one off the ground, this one more than just a pipe dream. Several months ago, you really, really, really got into the Randonautica app. And we talked about it a few times over the seasons where basically you start the app, it gives you coordinates, and you just go and explore. At times, you even referred to yourself as a level 3 rando knot as you were in pretty deep in this app. When you start the app, you have a, a little ritual that you do where you give your intents. Can you describe that ritual to our audience? Yes, I... Close my eyes. I'm sitting in the lotus position and I envision myself riding on a phoenix that has risen off the ashes of my former hobbies. So, I'm it, not done yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then I breathe. Uh, I do uh, what they call forced alternate nostril breathing where I breathe in one nostril breathe out the other nostril and then I alternate and then I guess me into a zen state in that zen state I then commune to the spirits except there's only one spirit but there's many one and many and I'm done so the the intent for this specific one that changed your life was liquid liquid so over the course of a day, you eventually found a natural water spring, and in a moment, finding yourself quite parched, you took a drink, and a long story short, you have begun to bottle the water and are selling it to folk, but not marketed as water. You are referring, it to, referring to it as earth juice, an alternative hydration supplement which maximizes your, in, your internal earth energies and minimizes your electromagnetic aura. So tell me a little bit more about your earth juice. I mean, you pretty much said it all there. I don't know what else needs to be said. It's it's um two parts oxygen. No, wait. Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Is your earth juice flavored too? Yeah. Did you add any flavors? No, it's natural. It comes straight from the earth. It tastes like earth. It's not filtered. It's contains all the uh microorganisms one needs to maintain their uh, their sustenance they're called helminths you should look it up helminths they give life altering experiences as well as life in general did you just drink some earth juice <laughs> i'm always drinking earth juice matt <laughs> so why not why not earth water why are you going with juice because water's old hat everyone knows what water is it's 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 you know it's, even it's even gotten, even fifty cent had had water. His vitamin water. I don't know if you've heard, but there's this company selling water. But they they put it in a can. They make the 
they they market it like if it was a beer, like with the beer font and everything, and it's called Liquid Death. I have no idea why. What? Yes. And I said, no, that's not the way to go. You got to make Earth Juice. <laughs> so is is Earth Juice safe to, to drink? Like, have you, have you done any research on where this spring comes from? Listen, would you rather drink Earth Juice or Liquid Death? Case closed. <laughs> I think I might take my chances with the, the Earth Juice. <laughs> exactly. No, the... the where it comes from i mean we all drink water come on you drink mm-hmm. from your tap you know how dirty your tap water is what about the pristine filters except they're not that pristine because your filters are not getting rid of the chlorine in the water or what if you're drinking fluoridated water and you don't want fluoridated water and the filters aren't getting rid of that either mm-hmm. somebody might say but the filters do get rid of chlorine well guess what they're wrong i don't want to tip off where your your spring is so that others could access the earth juice but is it is it Everglade water? It is not Everglade water, unless you count the fact that all the water we get from is from the Everglades. <laughs> but I will never tell. Nestle's never going to find your, your spring. Listen, the water in Florida gets sent uh, through treatment processes, but it also gets sent... Um, to the, it gets uh, pushed aside to the ground so that it goes through the aquifer, and then we... Uh, get it back up again so does it really matter if i get it from the everglades or from my toilet tank i mean come on (laughs) or if it's just desalinated uh what is your goal with earth juice oh god (coughs) sorry uh earth juice went down the wrong way my goal is to get everyone on this planet drinking earth juice for the good of everyone because they, they, I know there's a lot of people that are like, I don't like water. It tastes so bland. And I'm like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? Water has no flavor, but at the same time, it has all the flavor. You should have to be drinking the right one. Except if you drink it as earth juice, you get 10 times the flavor in your face flavor. <laughs> it's an extreme. It's extreme with an X. <laughs> Damn. That's good marketing. I mean, it's tried and true. So, uh, I hope Earth Juice fails just so you don't leave the show. I mean, but we'll see what happens. I've, I've been reconsidering. I mean, maybe I won't leave the show. Maybe I'll just plug Earth Juice every now and then. <laughs> we'll just be sponsored by Earth Juice all the time. <laughs> so, why don't we look at some crazy, crazy articles in the news as you sip on some Earth Juice, quench your thirst, and we'll see what happens. So our first article coming from unexplainedmysteries.com. Time Traveler warns of an impending alien invasion. And I honestly can't recall if we've talked about this specific time traveler in previous episodes. But if we did, it bears a repeating. It's so good. The article goes on to say, A man claiming to be from the future has already amassed over 1 billion views on, on video sharing site TikTok. So, Angel, you, uh, I mean, did you see the videos? I, uh, uh no, I have not. <laughs> what? You're, you're my TikTok guru and you dropped the ball on this one. Well, you know, I stay away from time travelers <laughs> on TikTok. It's, it's your one thing that you're like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've dealt with them too many times already mm-hmm. on the show. 
The article goes on to say, We've heard from a few self-professed time travelers over the years, a trend which gained prominence in the early 2000s when a man named John Titer started to frequent online boards, message boards, claiming to be a soldier from the year 2036 who had gone back in time to warn humanity. Uh, a lot wrong with that sentence because he didn't come back in time to warn humanity. He came <laughs> back in time to get a piece of, of a part from a computer. So, Yeah. If you want to find out more about that, we have an episode. Just saying. And it's like seven hours long, so <laughs> hold on to your butt. While Titer was later exposed as a hoax, excuse me, what? There have been numerous copycats in the years since, usually with the alleged time traveler making similar claims about future calamities. One of the best known current examples is this of a, uh, of this is a user on TikTok by the name of Aesthetic Time Warper who as is typical has been warning people about the future. <laughs> One of his predictions in particular has been doing the rounds online over the last few days because it concerns something that he claims is going to happen as soon as next year. Earth, he claims, will be invaded by hostile extraterrestrials known as the Nozick who will disguise their arrival as a meteor shower for some reason. <laughs> there will be a very large meteor shower that lasts for two weeks. It will be seen in the northern hemisphere containing the Nozick message, he said, and messages with a capital M. One of the meteors will seem different than all the others. That is because it is a ship landing on Earth, starting preparations for the first Nozick war. First of many. It's when you look at some of the other predictions made by at Aesthetic Time Warper, however, that you quickly realize how unlikely it is that anything he says will actually happen. According to one of the other predictions, for example, three teenagers will open a portal to another universe next month using an egg from a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He also claims Atlantis will be found next year, and the author adds an O, and it will be inhabited by human-like fish. Suffice to say, it's fair to take these predictions with a very large grain of salt indeed. So clearly the uh, unexplainedmysteries.com author of this, uh, not taking any of this at face value. <laughs> I, I just love how, how the whole article is like, check this out, but none of this is true. <laughs> I mean, clearly... <laughs> Oh, I mean, what do you make of the the Tyrannosaurus Rex egg opening a portal to another universe? <laughs> you mentioned we talked about this before. We didn't talk about it on air, but my my uh, this article uh, doesn't list the original predictions because uh, one of them was happening like the a few days after that article was released, <clears throat> and yeah, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And my main argument to you was that each successive prediction just got more and more outlandish until we reached that dinosaur egg thing and i was like this this is not a thing that can ever happen like how does anyone expect to believe this and why would it open up a, a portal to another universe like <laughs> why why a t-rex i <laughs> are they are they reptilians space reptilians from another universe <laughs> i mean why not another dinosaur? Why 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 not an alligator? They were around then and they were mm -hmm. reptiles. It it would feel like more believable to just say opened a portal to like the center of the universe that had a dinosaur land in it. I mean center of the earth, not not a portal to another universe. <laughs> I would believe if it said that it opened a 40 year wide portal. <laughs> mm -hmm, a, hole, a wide hole. <laughs> 
than the USS Eldridge is in there. <laughs> Still. <laughs> um, what do you make of the two-week-long meteor shower? That seems excessive and probably bad enough to destroy the Earth. I mean, there's no mention of, like, are the meteors actually hitting the Earth? Or is it just, like, a display, a dazzling display going on day and night? I mean, it's just... I don't know. And then Two one of, weeks long, though? Like, and then that one sounds of them, excessive. One of them's like a ship in disguise. <laughs> like, we're going to trick you. We're going to have a two-week-long meteor shower. But amongst those meteors, it's going to be a ship landing on Earth. But you won't be able to tell because this is going on for two weeks. Uh, it's like after several days, we get tired of the <laughs> the meteor shower and just <laughs> stop looking. Yeah, it's <laughs> This just, is old news. The novelty wears <laughs> off. <laughs> It's like everyone's like, "What's that? Oh, it's just the meteor shower. Yeah. Come on, guys. stupid Every- sky rocks. Get out of here, <laughs> dude." Obviously, so then, then do not believe at ascetic time warper. I do not. Although I am curious as to where he got the Nozick name from, and what the Nozick message is. Yeah, Un- unknown. But I think <laughs> the, the, I think the thing I enjoy the most of it all is that it's occurring on TikTok. So there's like a, a platform that time travelers are clearly attracted to. They are attracted to this app of TikTok. Well, I think it's... Message I, boards are dead. I, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting because all the time travelers seem to know the latest uh, trendy <laughs> <Trends>. platforms. <laughs> like back in the day, oh, we'll just do message boards. But now it's like, oh, uh, it looks like TikTok is the way to go. Or... Other news article is we had uh, so much fun with a reptilian article last week. I think it literally made me black out and <laughs> I fractured my skull. But we have we have another one that had just come up, so we couldn't pass it up. Also coming from last week's uh, with Paul Seaburn on MysteriousUniverse.org. This one titled... Woman claims she was visited by a shape-shifting reptilian disguised as her husband. It goes on to say, If you're looking for something to be thankful for this Thanksgiving in the U.S., how about showing some gratitude you've never been tricked by a shape-shifting reptilian alien who turned into your spouse and attempted to have sex with you? If you are preacher Sharon Gilbert, you're probably more used to leading the Thanksgiving prayer than the object of one. But that's her story, and she's stuck with it during a television interview about her alleged encounter with a reptilian alien. There's a quote that says, After Derek and I got married, this other Derek appears in our bed. The real Derek is lying down next to me. Other Derek sits right up out of him. It startled me. I knew that was not Derek, and so I asked this critter, Who are you? Because he clearly wanted to have sexual relations, he said, I am your husband. Thus began the tale of Sharon Gilbert's encounter with the reptilian who had shapeshift into her husband, Derek, as told on a recent episode of the Jim Baker show. Yes, that Jim Baker... Oh, Paul really knows. <laughs> Sharon and Derek Gilbert are end times preachers and the hosts of Sci Friday, a TV show billed as science news from a Christian worldview. Sharon is the author of a supernatural fiction series and a couple of novels and is a contributor to the book God's Ghostbusters. Vampires, ghosts, aliens, werewolves, creatures of the night beware. 
so it's a safe bet she's aware of reptilians and their alleged powers. She also knows her Bible stories and immediately questioned when the foe Derek claimed to be Xerxes from various books of the Hebrew Bible. However, it was a subsequent encounter, she apparently had many like the first, that convinced her she was dealing with a reptilian. She reached over and grabbed its face. Another quote, and I pulled that face off. And beneath it was a reptile, the little creatures with him this time, these little halfling creatures, and they looked like gargoyles, and they were, were reptilian as well. So beneath that face of Derek was a reptilian serpentine creature, probably similar to what had visited the Anasazi. Sharon Gilbert definitely knows her, crypt, her reptilian lore. The Anasazi were an ancient Native American culture that lived for 1,000 years in the Four Corners region of the U.S. until they abruptly and somewhat mysteriously abandoned the area. Why they left is still debated, but Gilbert is referring to the theory that they worshipped a reptilian god and were kidnapped and taken to the moon by a reptilian, a legend which inspired an episode of The X-Files. This writer has purposely left out the religious aspects of Sharon Gilbert's account and focused just on the reptilian shape-shifting aspect. Those who believe in reptilians could see Gilbert's account as a tutorial on why one should avoid them. Those who believe in exorcisms might see her tale and her writings as a guide to helping people who believe they're possessed or tormented by non-human beings. There are also those who think she's taking advantage of the gullible for the purpose of marketing her book and services and those of her husband. And appearing on THE Jim Baker Show certainly doesn't help ward off those accusations. Leaving out the religious bias and conspiracy theory aspects of Sharon Gilbert's story, can you, do you believe any of the rest? It's too bad. <laughs> it's too bad she didn't keep the reptilian's face. <laughs> so what do you think, Angel? That was a lot to unpack. Uh, first off, Paul Seaborn is just a genius now. At first I thought he was like a one-hit wonder, but this article just just shows his genius. It's like um, peanut butter and jelly, Paul Seaborn, and reptilian stories. <laughs> and I thought it was my understanding that he just wrote about things in a humorous manner. The fact that he keeps writing about reptilians <laughs> seems a little strange to me. Like, what does he have against these reptilians? Maybe he's one in disguise. <laughs> the psyop. <laughs> he's trying to throw us off. Yep. What do you make of the the this? He was the lizard creature. The reptilian had little creatures with him, halfling creatures, and they looked like gargoyles. But they're reptilian as well. He had like minions with them. So my, what I want to know is like, was it like the face she ripped off? Was it a bunch of them making that up? Like like kids in a trench coat kind of deal? Or was it just one reptilian with many yeah. other ones surrounding him? It sort of seems like she ripped off the face, which uh, how does that happen? Our <laughs> reptilian face, like, does he just have a, a skin mask on? But it's like she ripped off the face and then it like, broke the magic and there were other reptilians in the room with him <laughs> with both of them and originally the the fake derek reptilian derek just formed out of other derek he just <laughs> rose out of him is that what reptilians can do and does that mean why did she wake up the real derek <laughs> derek i saw other derek come out of you wake up <laughs> oh 
I, I don't know. It's quite the claim. And and just like Paul says, too bad she didn't keep the reptilian's face. What'd she do with it? It, it kind dissolve? Of, <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of <clears throat> the Chupacabra story with the little boy. <laughs> <laughs> with the floating uh, legless thing that yep. sat on his bed. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Another week, another reptilian. Let's see if th- uh, next week's another uh, three times a charm, <laughs> as as they say. These news stories have left me dry in the mouth, Angel. Give me one moment to refresh myself with a cool, surprisingly thick earth juice. This one has additional minerals and has the consistency of cooking oil. So give me one moment. So good. You are a very busy man. With all of... It's really thick. Give me a moment. With all of your hobbies, Angel, have you ever thought, wow, I, I wish there was some paranormal entity out there that would assist me with basic care and maintenance of my home? Have you ever thought that? Yes, almost daily. Almost daily. I mean, each year you have to refresh one entire wall in your kitchen with calendars just to be ready 11 months later for the super highway to the holidays thing that you do, the the highway that we're on, living on right now in this moment. That takes a lot of work, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I have to hand draw every calendar. You make the calendars? I do. Why? Because no other calendar will do. Can't just go to the goddamn calendar store? No! <laughs> it has to fit perfectly for what I need to write the stuff in. And, and, and then I need to make like certain boxes longer so I can fit the... Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I know what I'm doing, okay? I've been doing this for several, <laughs> Trust several <you>. months. <laughs> well, believe it or not, Angel, we may just have the thing that you need. No longer will you need to tie your dog to a long broken broom handle to sweep up the floor. With just a few easy tricks, you could have a wee little fey folk cleaning your home. Doesn't that sound good? It does. This week, Angel, we are looking at brownies. And no, Angel, despite what you are thinking, we are not transitioning into a baking podcast known as Cracking Cookies and Confectionaries. (laughs) And talking about baked goods, we are looking at, for this episode, at Entities... From the fae world, a type of fairy that can live in your house. But since you brought it up, do you know that the baked confectionery known as a brownie comes in a variety of forms and may be either fudgy or cakey, depending on their density? They may include nuts, frosting, cream cheese, chocolate chips, or other ingredients. Those fudgy squares of baked heaven also have their own legendary origins so this week we are introducing a new soon-to-be fan favorite segment called angel's baked goods corner in this premiere edition please tell our listeners where chocolate brownies came from chocolate brownies came from the deep jungles of north america before colonization in fact even before a human ha- inhabitation. 
raccoons, believe it or not, raccoons would get the the nuts from nearby trees and they would meet the uh the the monkeys the spider monkeys in south america so they'd meet somewhere in the middle and they would trade nuts with uh the coca coco the cacao plant and so the raccoons would go back up and then they'll start making the taking out the fruits from the pulp from the fruit and some of that fruit would be left out to ferment uh possums believe it or not would then come across <laughs> across these fermented fruits and realize, hey, this is chocolate. <laughs> and they would give them to the beavers. And the beavers. Beavers. <laughs> the beavers knew how to bake them in the sun. And then because they would. I they would <laughs> Beavers known well for their baking skills. <laughs> baking because it had some silt and dirt from from all the travels it kind of formed like a, a dough <laughs> and they, it's like a, a, a brownie and then it wasn't until the uh, the natives saw the beavers doing all this and they're like what's going on and then they uh started to imitate them and say oh brownies who'd have thunk it in those exact words I mean, I can't recall how many Native American stories end with "Who would have thunk it?" <laughs> and and thus concludes Angel's baked goods corner. Uh, you you started to mention it, but then trailed off. It is said in chocolate brownie lore that in 1893, Chicago socialite Bertha Palmer asked a pastry chef to make a dessert suitable for ladies attending the Chicago World's Columbian Exposition Angel. She wanted something small and portable, and the result was the Palmer House Brownie with walnuts and an apricot glaze. Brownies, as we know them today, started to first appear in cookbooks around 1905. Isn't that just a, just a tasty little fact? Very tasty. <laughs> You sound sounded pained. My stomach hurts. <laughs> you got too many too many dirt pastries that the beavers made. I don't know what the hell is it's going on. Earth juice. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out <laughs> it wasn't a natural spring water spring. That was that was concrete. <laughs> Just concrete that was being poured. He started to drink. I thought those were minerals. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> with, your, with your sweet tooth, hopefully satiated angel, among other things, let us get back to the brownies that we were, are discussing for this show. According to the Encyclopedia of Fairies and World Folklore and Mythology by Teresa Bain, brownies are a species of domestic fairy or house spirits from Scottish fairy lore. They are generally nocturnal and finish the housework left undone. They also help out on farms, herding sheep, running errands, and reaping the fields. Have you ever heard of brownies before? I have not heard of them being called brownies, but I have heard of brownies when I watched the film Willow, 
but I don't think they do any of the things that you just said. So I, there's no, no way for me to connect. The the brownies and willow are, are like feral like almost. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very barbaric in their nature. A big departure from what was just described of you know doing housework and helping out around around uh, yeah. the farms. In my my past, that's Willow. I mean, top five movies ever made. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, no, that's the only time me? I ever heard it. I know that's the only time I ever heard it. And I mean, Warwick Davis, a it's Warwick treasure. Warwick Warwick Davis, Warwick? a treasure that is coming out with the Willow TV show soon. So mm-hmm. check it out. <sighs> More brownies to come. Now this this all got me thinking though, Angel. We have we have looked at tons of mysterious entities over the course of this show. These little fae folk are helping to clean your house, keep it tip top shape, make it so you can invite your friends and family over and not have their mouths agape at the horrendous nature that you leave your living quarters in, because you have to use your dog attached to a broom handle to clean. You savage. If not for these fairies, what other cryptids could be useful for housework? So I, I, I need you to give me the top five best cryptids to perform household duties if if the brownie is not available. Well, for number five, I went with John Titer. <laughs> Why? Because he's a person and he could do my work for me. And then in between in between his message board postings. And then I can tell him, look. I'll keep you safe as long as you do these chores. And uh, if safe not, from who? Uh, for, uh, from, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll expose him. And then I told him. And, and then I told him. You blackmailed John Titer into housework? <laughs> told him to get the buckle. <laughs> and then he got right to it. He Why knew I'm, those words. What am I talking about <laughs> if I've done this? I didn't. I didn't do that. Of course not. I wouldn't. I, this is so, hypothetical. So did we just uncover the get the buckle? <laughs> that was you all along. <laughs> For number four, I went with the Baba Yaga. Oh yeah, because of her broom. She known to have a a broom. Doesn't she uh, uh like um when she flies? Isn't she sweeping the the footsteps away? Oh yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. So. As she as she floats in her yeah. uh, mortar and pestle. Yeah, so that's what I'll have her do. <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't kill me <laughs> and eat you, <laughs> bake you into brownies. Uh, for number three, I I said. Spring heel Jack, why not? <laughs> He's gonna assault you and rip your clothes apart. Probably set me on fire too. Yeah. But uh at least I don't have to do the chores. <laughs> Anything to get out of those household chores. <laughs> now, number two holds a uh a, a place in my heart. The hopscotch gobbles. <laughs> How come? I mean, just imagine them in your house <laughs> cleaning I up. They do more harm than good. I mean, did they really harm anybody? <laughs> no, they, they got shot out for like two hours. They were left. probably coming in to, to clean up, and these people were not having it. <laughs> the, the, the cleaning service. 
They were there to help out and they got us attacked. <laughs> and then finally, for number one, I said Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. And his elves. <laughs> oh, yeah. The elves, too. My gosh. that I think that's the, the perfect choice. Yep. As is always the perfect choice, Santa Claus and his elves. <laughs> so let's see if the brownies can overtake Santa Claus and his elves and be the kings of paranormal housework. Let us use Cotton Eye Joe's razor, the axiom that states for brownies to have come from somewhere. Brownies must therefore go somewhere. So where did these lovable lads come from? To get a good picture in our mind's eye as we talk about these creatures, Angel, when you think of brownie, what image comes to your head? Well, setting aside the willow thing, I've always... My understanding of brownies because of willow is kind of similar to my understanding of what elves were or pixies or fairies in general, mm-hmm. which is these tiny little naked people. According to the Encyclopedia of Fairies that I mentioned earlier, brownies are short of stature, only standing about three feet tall. If clothed at all, these brown-faced and shaggy-haired fairies wear ragged brown clothing. So this has me a bit concerned, Angel. Three feet tall, possibly naked humanoid creatures clean up my house at night. I picture them much smaller. Does the three feet thing also concern you? Yes. Yes, it does. I I don't have room for them. (laughs) I mean, they presumably live in your walls. That means there's three feet human beings like creatures living in your walls right now and they're naked yeah i mean why are they in there because they want to clean up i guess i mean it it gets worse as original descriptions of the entities describe them as the same size or larger than humans now we have potentially some fey creatures the size of shaquille (laughs) o'neal appearing in your house at night naked is that better or worse than the three foot tall version I don't know if, if I woke up to find a naked Shaquille O'Neal in my room. I don't know what I would do. He's probably telling you to buy the general car insurance. And <laughs> what if he had a feather duster in his hand? He's just cleaning. <laughs> but it's a regular size feather duster, so it just looks like. A, I mean, everything tiny... looks small in his hand. <laughs> uh, how does he fit in your walls? I, do you have really big, deep walls? <laughs> I guess I do now. Oh, man, what is going on? Over over time, the size of the brownie began to dwindle to a much smaller stature, wrinkled in appearance, and overall just has an unpleasant or frightful even figure to look at. The Encyclopedia of Fairies actually differentiates between some types of brownies, as the brownies of the Scottish Highland are said to not have any fingers or toes. The Lowland brownies are said to not have a nose. Why Why do you think this this is, Angel? Why is there a differentiation of appearances in brownies? Two, two, they're same species with divergent evolution. What scenario evolves where you lose your fingers and toes? They keep getting eaten by bears. A lot of bears in the Scottish Highlands eating fingers and toes? And nothing else? Yes. I know there's bears because I saw Brave. They evolved to have smaller fingers over time, and eventually they just all disappeared. It was such a problem. (laughs) The the toes and fingers are our delicacy to the bears. They just can't get enough of them. As you could say, finger foods. (laughs) So, 
Would you rather have the finger and toeless brownie or a noseless brownie running amok in your kitchen at night? Ooh, uh, hmm. I think the noseless one. Why is that? I don't know, because they seem... they re- that A noseless thing looks like a vampire to me, and I just think vampires are neat. Do you want vampires to live in your walls now? <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> so, how... How can a fingerless fairy clean things up? Beats me. <laughs> do they like do they have magic? Uh um, Do they just use their their hand nubs? I mean, they do have mouths, don't they? <laughs> oh, nubs. They just clean everything with their mouths. The Highland Scottish fairies got the low end of that that deal, didn't they? Yes. So, beyond that, it is said brownies are almost exclusively male, but on rare occasions you may find a female one can you think of any reason as to why males would be more common than females i think this is like a smurf phenomena where <laughs> there's only there's only one they're, they're all male and and the female is is ge- uh, genetically created by like a rival or something well did i miss that episode <laughs> I, I think it's my understanding that the female Smurf was created by Gargamel. What? <laughs> Why? To infiltrate? I don't know. She a sleeper agent? <laughs> I think that was the goal. It failed then, didn't it? It did, yes. She. I think she, she fell in love with their uh, good-natured uh, souls. And uh, they just took her in. Yep. They said, look, a girl. And they're like, what's that? Who cares? (laughs) More Smurfs. Yay. The 1888 book by Louise Mogan Gwynney called Brownies and Boggles gives us some more insight into the life of a brownie. And of course, it's coming from the 1800s. (laughs) If you ever want to experience a moment where you question reality and self-induce a fever dream, read this book. At some point... As I was reading about the hierarchy of elves, and I I thought I entered a parallel dimension and would never be able to return to my body. It was bizarre. (laughs) But Louise states, Brownie's delight was to do domestic service. He churned, baked, brewed, mowed, threshed, swept, scrubbed, and dusted. He set things in order, saved many a step to his mistress, and took it upon himself to manage the maid servants and reform them, if necessary, by severe and original measure. Neatness and precision he dearly loved, and never forgot to drop a penny overnight in the shoe of the person deserving well of him. But lax offenders he pinched black and blue and left them an exciting life of it. His favorite revenge, among a hundred equally ingenious, was dragging the disorderly servant out of bed. I mean, what is this madness, Angel? Why why do they love doing work and then abusing servants who don't do their own work? I feel like there's like a metaphor here, some sort of underlying thing that we don't, we, we wouldn't catch now. Like, maybe there was somebody doing all that work for real, and then the people were, like, aristocratic, and they're like, oh, these people, who we're never going to write about them, but we got to somehow let the future generations know some how this work is getting done. <laughs> that was the fae folk. 
that put pennies in their shoes. <laughs> where, uh, where is he getting pennies to put in shoes, Angel? Probably making them. He, he makes pennies? <laughs> yeah, just find copper at the bottom of the lake, right? <laughs> Trade it from the, the he gets water it from, panther. From Spring Hill Jack? From Spring Jack. <laughs> it's about the same time period, yeah? Mm-hmm. They're, they're pinching people black and blue? <laughs> Pulling people out of beds? Sounds like a regular work day for me. Since <laughs> normal life for you. <laughs> oh, the, the book also describes some notable brownies over the ages, including Finadery, also known as the hairy one. The description reads, He was a, a wild little shaggy being, supposed to be an exile from fairy society and condemned to wander about alone until doomsday. He was kind and obliging and drove the sheep home or gathered in the hay if he saw a storm coming. By this reckoning angel are brownies immortal beings. I guess it's um, they're immortal until, until doomsday. Until doomsday. <laughs> That's what that the brownie reckoning is. I mean, uh, yeah, this also implies that fairy society knows of a future apocalypse. Do you think they could be the ones that cause it? I mean, given their proclivity to being pranksters and doing all kinds of stuff, I don't see why not. <laughs> They're just like, bro, it's a prank. <laughs> and it ends up to be doomsday. Yep. That's like um, the end of the show Dinosaurs. With the volcano just killing yeah. them all, and Earl just looks out the window and's like, "It'll be okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I believe it was his 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 company mm-hmm. that we're gonna do something, and then he uh, approved it, and that's what caused all that stuff to happen. Yep, I remember watching that finale as a small child, <laughs> and I was like, even in, in my in my child state, was like, "This is." <laughs> this is really this is odd. dark <laughs> and it was like is that the end <laughs> I mean and you gotta then, explain how they died somehow <laughs> and then the next week it starts all over and I just watch it again <laughs> it never ends mm-hmm. they're back <laughs> it's a cycle it's a circle circle of life <laughs> well you know Mighty Max the cartoon did that it circled back around Mm-hmm. they made it so that the end episode ends up Starting the first episode, so you could always watch wow. it over and over, and, and it never ends. Genius. <laughs> Just to sell some Polly Pocket-like toys. For boys! <laughs> <sighs> I remember watching that show. I liked it. <laughs> it, was one of, um, it was a better... It was a surprisingly good cartoon. Yeah, he had considering his, like, it was for toy selling. He had his really tall friend that like had a like metal arm or like armored arm. Yep. Um, I don't remember what his name was, but I remember thinking, like, "Damn, this guy's cool." I forget his name, but it, it's in the lore. It's revealed that his, he is Thor. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. My God, I have to go back and watch Mighty Max. How do you know much so much about Mighty Max? I I used to watch it. <laughs> oh yeah, you have the my my uh, Swiss cheese memory. I just leaked out. <laughs> just forgot everything. You know, it's because I read this damn fairy book from the 1800s, and I still don't know if I'm back in reality yet. Do uh, 
<laughs> Do you know, Angel, that you and Brownies actually share a personality trait? Any guesses as to what that is? Uh, is it, uh, is it my, uh, my, uh, my charming, my charming skills <laughs> and my good use of words? Words, yep. <laughs> like a thesaurus over there. No, it's not that. Not similar to that, but no. They absolutely hate being complimented. Why do you think that is? Why I don't like it or why they don't like it? <laughs> Both. Well, I presuming that they hate the getting complimented for the same reasons I do, it's because then I have to pay them back somehow. Then you feel like you're indebted. In a, in a social contract to this other person, yep, and to the only, to say kind things back. Exactly. The only way to get out of it is if they throw some beans at me. <laughs> you and your goddamn beans. <laughs> they sever the social contract, and then I say I'm free, and I run away. That's why I always keep those beans in your pocket. You know those little tiny um, pockets and jeans. <laughs> yeah. Unknowns to most, that's a bean pocket. Unknownst to most. You can, you can carry three beans in that little pocket. <laughs> That's exactly where I keep my beans. Yeah. Get a little sleight of hand, start picking other people's beans out, then they can't break the contract. I mean, you don't... Other people don't do this. So, they also... Just like you hate very specific things. According to the Encyclopedia of Fairies, those things include cats, cheats, misers, ministers, and teetotalers. So let's run these run through these groups that elicit so much anger from the brownies and see if we can understand why. So from a brownie's perspective, Angel, why are cats on the hate list? Uh, I imagine because a cat can probably eat them unless we're assuming they're the three foot or <laughs> human say, size what, what the hell kind of cat do you have in your house uh, you know you got the big cats panthers. You, you, yeah you're you're joe exotic <laughs> if we're talking about the three foot tall brownies them hating cats it's just because they hate uh they hate everything that's good and and fun unless it's them doing it so they hate the cats because they're fun Yes. I was going to think because they, like, get litter everywhere, and they would always have to be cleaning up the litter and litter boxes. I've never had that problem. <laughs> Maybe oh, it's because the brownies are cleaning up after me. No, you use your dog broom. Just <laughs> sweep everything up. How about their problem with cheats? I mean, who doesn't have a problem <laughs> with cheats? Come on. <laughs> am I, if I get mad at a cheat, am I a brownie? <laughs> I mean, I'm slightly, I'm slightly taller than three feet. I I remember back in the day, you loved your game shark. Listen, that that didn't hurt anybody. Okay, <laughs> that was just me. That was just you playing in a, a game. room by yourself, exactly cheating <laughs> at Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> How about then, misers, cheapskates? Uh, well, I guess they love extravagance, possibly. <laughs> I, 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 this one is, uh, I don't get it. I, <laughs> I, what do the brownies care about spending money? They need their pennies somehow. <laughs> <laughs> to put in shoes, they just give it back. 
<laughs> of all things than ministers? <clears throat> well, nobody likes getting preached at. And I guess they're, they have to be in the walls all day long listening. I don't know. <laughs> that just makes them angry. And finally, they hate anyone that doesn't drink alcohol teetotalers. How about that one? That that's just weird. I don't I don't get it. Like, why would you hate something or somebody for not doing a thing? So, for for not drinking alcohol. Yeah. Like okay. <laughs> um I, I think overall the entire list is just mind-boggling. I I maybe maybe they like drunkards because drunkards they make go more to mess. sleep. Oh, yeah, and it makes it could, easier to work. Yeah. Just run around and, and prank everybody. Is Ashton I, Kutcher a brownie? <laughs> I don't know. This list gave me like Wolpertinger flashbacks of like <laughs> what is going on. But now that we've seen a little bit about the the brownies and how they got here, Angel, where have all the brownies gone? I, I always ask you that because you always eating the last brownie the brownies and boggles book states no man knows why nor when they left us nor whither they turned their faces the exodus was made softly and slowly till the whole bright tribe had stolen imperceptibly into exile so why do you think the brownies would leave angel were we were we just too clean uh i mean i think they just went extinct. How? You know how it happens. Just we we overcrowded them, and, and, and the bears just, came back. I mean, they're mostly men. How are they even reproducing? I don't understand. <laughs> well, they're uh, immortal until doomsday. Maybe doomsday happened, and it only affected them. What if we are now in the simulation, <laughs> and the brownies weren't put in the simulation, or they're running the simulation? <laughs> <laughs> they took the brown pill <laughs> is this a freddy krueger situation on our hands where if people stop thinking about them they lose their powers I, I feel like that yeah i feel like that's the case for a lot of these things there's stories of like gods losing their power because people, people move on them. yeah mm-hmm. that that's sort of the only thing that i could come to a air quotes reasonable uh, solution here is to like people just stopped believing in them and they they started to move on back to wherever they came from so then scottish super author sir walter scott who wrote classics beloved classics by you specifically angel ivanhoe and rob roy stated the last brownie was brownie of bob's beck who lived there long and vanished as in the want of his clan, when the mistress of the house laid milk and a piece of money in his haunts. He was loath to go and moaned all night, Farewell to Bonnie Bosbeck, till his departure at break of day. So I suppose I have no reason to, to not believe Sir Walter Scott, Angel, but the brownies have left our world. Where then did they go to? Uh, to... The Fey world, possibly. So they just went back, I suppose. I don't see why not. Anywhere else? Is that <laughs> the only option? Um, they probably went through a portal in a T Rex egg. <laughs> Shit, it's gonna happen soon. <laughs> Maybe they'll come back. 
So this might be our first instance of looking at a creature as well, where it can actually become something else, something more. So according to Emily Carlin in the book Defense Against the Dark, a field guide to protecting yourself from predatory spirits, energy vampires, and malevolent magic, if treated poorly, a brownie can turn into a boggart. Boggarts are small, mischievous fairies that like to run amok by destroying household goods and harming harvests. They are similar in appearance, but can be differentiated by their facial expression. Brownies retain normal facial expression, whereas boggarts always scowl, grimace, or display otherwise nasty expressions. The, the wording here is a bit odd, in my opinion, but is it your understanding that something as much as a furled brow is enough for a brownie be, to become a boggart? Well, like, mean, does this mean that they must be happy all the time? I mean, this I don't know. This kind of reminded me of, like, gremlins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like if you feed them, they become this other... Feed them after midnight, they become a different kind of gremlin. It, it, it boggarts the mind. <laughs> this, I think, conflicts with, with what was spoken of a little bit earlier, where brownies enjoy getting revenge to, and pull servants out of their beds. Does this mean like it happily does that? Or is this like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde scenario going on where it like flips a switch and becomes a friggin' mean bastard and then goes back to being happy-go-lucky brownie? Well, I was just going to ask, if it becomes a boggart, does it go back to being a brownie? Or does it stay as a boggart? Well, there's there's some controversy surrounding that scenario, Angel. So, according to Emily Carlin, luckily enough, a boggart can return to its natural brownie form by correcting whatever offense was originally given to uh, to make it a boggart. So you offended it in such uh, a cavalier way that it has become a boggart, or you could leave copious amounts of cream and honey for it. She then follows up with this angel. In other lore, nothing will turn a boggart back into a brownie. In fact, you can't even move away from the boggart as it will travel around with whatever family it served as a brownie. So possibly once you have a boggart, you are just screwed. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, now I'm just thinking of the first paranormal activity. Was that just a boggart? Uh, I think it explains a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just what all hauntings are? They're just brownies and boggarts. I mean, the 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 classic haunting is all of your um cupboards get pulled open and like yep. your dishes are on the ground. That sounds like boggart material to me. It sure does to me too. Uh, I think in in essence, the only way to not have a boggart in your life is just to assume you have brownies and be nice to them. However, some brownies don't even like being acknowledged or talked about. So, I'm confused. What the hell do I do here, Angel? Do I ignore them, or do I put cream and honey out every night in in a corner? I think that's a risk you're going to have to figure out. What do you, what do, you do? Me? Um, I you leave them some earth juice? <laughs> if they want the earth you they can have it um i don't acknowledge them but i certainly what i do, i like to do is i like to leave the food out but it's not for them it's like oh i left the food out by accident uh. <laughs> you always like say 
mmm, this this cream and honey. I'm just gonna put it in this corner, and I'm gonna I'm go gonna... get a drink of water, and then you never come back. <laughs> I'm just gonna put this right here, and I'm sure I won't forget about it. Not like last night. I won't forget about it again. And yep. it's like twelve years later. You just have a pile of rotten cream and honey in your corner because they're not picking up the damn plate. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I would be too scared to take it away. You know, though. I've keep hearing this cream and honey and i'm i'm thinking i gotta try this cream and honey mixture i don't i don't think i've ever had that <laughs> don't eat too much but you gotta save it for the for the brownies gotta, I, well I'll, I'll make some brownies along with it and uh my special brownies and then eat it with the cream and honey sweet down with some earth juice so uh, also there were those five groups of things that make them angry so would seeing a cat a cheater a miser, a minister, or a teetotaler transform them into a boggart? Well, how would they know if they see a teetotaler? Do they just check the pantry and see there's no alcohol anywhere? Is is that a power? Do they inherently know if someone doesn't drink alcohol? <laughs> Do they just know? That would be an interesting power. <laughs> would that be like a useless power? <laughs> <laughs> they could be uh, like a built-in breathalyzer situation. They mm. just detect your blood alcohol levels. If you don't have this much alcohol in your blood every day, (laughs) then I'm going to become a boggart (laughs) and destroy your freaking house. So drink up. One ace up the sleeve, I guess, is to just offer the brownie clothing or some sort of produced good, and it will just leave. Or, depending on some lore, possibly you just piss it off and it hulks out (laughs) into a boggart and ruins your life. There's a lot going on with brownies. They're very confusing. So anything you wanted to add before we enter the rubric of power? As you said, it's very confusing. And not only is it confusing, but even the terms are confusing. Like bogger. Like you said, a bogger is when like, when the brownies get all mean. Mm-hmm. But uh, earlier, the brownies themselves were also mean at some point. Yeah, and the boggarts only do mean mischief things. Brownies also do that. So, why differentiate the two? And to, and to make matters worse, uh, everyone has a different definition, such as Google. A brownie to them is a legendary good-natured elf that mm-hmm. performs helpful services at night. A website I found that says that uh, brownies are similar to pixies, but not quite. Because according to the site, a brownie needs to be fed. So I guess pixies don't need pixies to be fed. Pixies don't need f- food? <laughs> so I looked at the... It says uh, when it mentioned pixie, there was a link. So I click on their link and they have examples of pixie stories. And uh, the stories, uh, they're doing the same thing that a brownie's doing. They're helping around the house, doing what? all this work. Pix- pixies shouldn't be doing that. That's, that's brownie work. <laughs> and, and then, and then, uh, at least in this case, a farmer, you know, was so grateful. He gave, uh, he left uh, a gift for the pixie, which was a suit, a tiny suit for the pixie to wear. So the pixie says, Damn. <laughs> pixie puts on the suit and he says, pisky fine and pisky gay. Pisky now will fly away. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
that's it. And then it just leaves forever. <laughs> so, oh. so I just have to start making little suits? I mean, you already know how to do that with your your little angel dolls. Uh, it's still, um, the pixies and the brownie thing is still confusing because it seems very similar to the brownie. And then another website says a pixie is relate a, a, a brownie is related to a pixie. Um, and I always thought like pixies like flew. That'd be like the main difference. Who knows? I don't think brownies can fly. I never once even uh, saw inkling of that. <laughs> well, they're they're all supposed to be related to fairies in general, so I don't even know what the difference is between that. I mean, my my mind's still blown by the three foot tall brownies. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they hide? <laughs> and this 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 one's uh, was funny to me. A website says. Brownie versus Pixie. What's the difference? First sentence is Brownie is a synonym of Pixie. Okay. What? The next sentence is as nouns. The difference between Brownie and Pixie is that Brownie is a small square piece of rich cake usually made with chocolate. <laughs> While Pixie is a playful sprite, elf-like or fairy-like creature. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stupid internet. And it's, it's a confectionery square. <laughs> and, and famously, uh, the Brothers Grimm have a story called the, the, sh- the Elves and the Shoemaker, in which the shoemaker is about to make is poor, and he takes some piece of leather to, to um, make some shoes, but he leaves it out. And then he goes to bed. When he wakes up, he sees there's two shoes, brand new pair of shoes there, and... The people walking by the the, win- the store window see it and says, hey, I want to buy that. And then he does the same thing again. And then he keeps finding more and more pairs of shoes being created. And, and uh, everyone wants these shoes now. So he's getting be- he's starting to become wealthy. And he t- turns to his wife and says, hey, what's going on here? Maybe we should see who's doing all this work. So one night they, they do the same thing, but they uh, stay awake and they kind of hide to see what's going on. And they see these little naked men appear. And start uh, doing the work. Start making shoes. And so they're like, "Wow, that's crazy!" So let's. <laughs> so they say, "Let's let's." Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I think uh, the wife says, uh, "You know, we gotta give show them our gratitude." And look, they're little naked men. So maybe we should uh, like give them some clothing. <laughs> and so the man, the cobbler, says, "Okay." He gave, leaves them little clothing, and then the next night when they appear, they get the clothing, they put it on, they're like, hip, hip, hooray, and they fly away. <laughs> and then his life is ruined because he, apparently he didn't know how to make any good shoes, so no one well, buys his damn shoes anymore. Well, that's, that, that's the story ends with him being so rich that he doesn't have to worry about that anymore, but I thought about that too. I'm like, wait, he can't make shoes anymore. Like, come on. What's the, what's the moral of the story? Like, let people do shit for you? Get yourself some slaves, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> let naked people build shoes for you? Like, just the main point behind all of this is I don't understand what makes differentiates a brownie from all these other things. They all have different names. Yeah, and that, they all and that was an elf. Have the same functions. Mm. Yeah. And even the brownie itself 
is like, is he mean? But then the Boggart's mean, and it's, it, it doesn't, like, I don't, I don't get it. That's all conflicting and confusing. Yeah. So I like to think that Boggarts are just hulked <laughs> brownies. Just... You don't want to see me get angry <laughs> because their their secret is they're always angry. <laughs> they grow from three feet to four feet. <laughs> Just get real jacked. <laughs> Just start throwing your dishes, ripping your shoes apart, and then you can never get rid of it. You got, you can't move because the bogger just follows you and destroys your life. Yep. Man, it sucks. Just don't feed them after midnight, or do you? <laughs> They're or all different. It's all confusing. Don't acknowledge you're feeding them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if we were talking about it, we're screwed. <laughs> Might as well call Bloody Mary again. <laughs> so then let's cobble our way there. The powers of brownies. <coughs> I don't know what that was. The bra- got a, that the idiom. There's a brownie in your throat. <laughs> Never heard that one before. It's from the 1800s in the Scottish Highlands. It's very uh, niche. <laughs> okay. Or or it's from pre-Columbian times with Native Americans when they learned to make brownies from the beavers. Who would have thunk it? It was a team effort. The raccoons, the possums, and the beavers. It was. And the spider monkeys trading. Just imagine if the Wolpertinger did it. He could do it all on his own. He's all those creatures combined. <laughs> but he's too busy trying to lure women to show their goods. And not their baked goods. <laughs> do you think the Wolpertinger does like a, a German <laughs> chocolate version? <laughs> Probably. I don't see why he wouldn't. He's got all the makings of... And he, he just sat patiently until chocolate came to the old world. Yes. Before chocolate, he was just using dried grapes. Oh, sick. <laughs> First thing I thought was like he ate the grapes and then like regurgitated them. <laughs> Wait, so he made ra- he used raisins? <laughs> yes. Just a nice raisin glaze on my my baked squares. I wonder why it had to be a square. I mean, what are you gonna do? Cut a circle? I don't know, triangles. <laughs> we should try that. Triangle brownie. I don't think I've ever had a triangle brownie. I don't think that's done. We'd be breaking the mold, quite literally. Call them Earth Triangles. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, how about the powers of brownies? Power. Oh. So, <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Man, chocolatey goodness. I don't know. This is a lot of... The power, Man. The powers, I don't even know what powers they have. I mean, they could do so much, and yet, it's like you nothing. You said you said it earlier. Like, do they have magic? I don't. I don't know. 
are they magical? Um, the fact that they could do stuff and get it done, though, is impressive. Like, I can't make shoes overnight. <laughs> no, that's that's a lot of work for a little <laughs> naked thing to do. <laughs> Why didn't he make his own shoes? <laughs> Are they, like, barred from making clothing from themselves? Apparently. Who's employing them? <laughs> Where'd they learn these things? Is Where? there a, in the fairy Where society, a, yeah. a a little cobbler school? You are the, the retrained to be cobblers. Now, go find somebody to cobble. They don't cobble for themselves. No, no. <laughs> they have to go cobble for the humans. Go find some poor bastard out there that sucks at his job save his life get no gratitude <laughs> and then fly away and, yeah when when they give you a gift that's when you stop you don't work for them anymore you're a free is it free, like uh, a bean is it like a morality test to see how long it takes for a human being to like acknowledge them and be grateful but what's the test like how do they lose it or what or i don't know it? There's, there's no well, i guess maybe they become a boggart and ruin your life I mean, you could give them a f- give them food and they'll become a bogger from that, <laughs> or not, they get and they become a bogger. <laughs> yeah, if you don't feed them, they can become a bogger. Like you don't you don't know what's gonna happen. They're very temperamental. God, you just keep your head down and <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> just pretend they don't exist. Just, you go in your room at night and don't come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I gave it a two. Adequate. <laughs> Because they, they do stuff, but they, they don't. They can do stuff, but, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it seems that they have a lot of endurance, like mm-hmm. super-powered endurance. After a few hours of cleaning, my, my back starts to hurt. <laughs> these these bastards do it every night, all night, and seemingly want to continue doing it. I, I don't know why they're compelled to do this, like in... In the fairy or elven underworld, if the the brownie was created or part of some sort of society, like, caste system that forces them to clean things and they just get thrusted into our world, uh, there's a lot unknown. So I gave them a, a one and a half for powers. How about detectability? Do you think they, they stop working during the day? Well, they they are predominantly nocturnal entities because they don't like being seen so they can't be like wantonly doing work in the day you're gonna see the the naked three foot tall creature like <laughs> making pants <laughs> and then i'm gonna be like what are you doing in my house and then he turns he hulks out into a boggart and, and <laughs> makes my life a living hell well detectability <laughs> again i you said they don't like to be seen, but there are instances where they are being seen. Um, so well, are, well, like Sir Sir uh, Walter Scott, like knew of the last one that existed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had a name. <laughs> yeah, and uh, some are described as being ugly little things, but at the same time, it's, it's <laughs> we go back to the whole: if you catch them, then they just become a boggart, and then your life is ruined. I mean, at that point, does it matter if you could see them? They're just gonna ruin your life forever. <laughs> no. So you don't want to see them. <laughs> and 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 uh, the other thing is, we they talk about seeing them, but nobody's ever mentioned anything about like trying to catch them or trying to kill one. So we don't like. Are they even physical? 
being like beings, like, yeah, or are yeah, they just like, like a spiritual energy? <laughs> but then, how do they interact with the world to make little pants? But then why hasn't anybody ever tried to catch them? I don't, I don't know. Because you don't, you don't want to piss it off. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's already pissed off at you, why hasn't anyone tried to kill it? Can can you? I don't know. But do people know that they're immortal? Are they impervious to bullets? <laughs> I mean, the hopscotch gobbles were. Were they boggers? <laughs> Maybe. They, they said no more well water drinking. <laughs> we're coming after this family. I gave it a two for detectability. Not bad. So uh, this one was, f- I think, the most confusing ranking I've ever done. <laughs> we seemingly know they are there. But if you even talk about them, there is a chance they leave. So I suppose that keeps them hidden. But on the flip side, if you give them clothes, they leave. There's this like weird mix of knowing they are there but not acknowledging them. But at the same time, suspecting they are there and then giving them things to leave. So much going on there, it's hard, it, it's hard to logically decode it. On top of that, there's indication that... At one time, they were the size of an adult human. So, if there could be a dude that shows up inside my house, cleans and tidies up, seemingly out of their own desire to clean, their own innate (laughs) desire to clean things, and I never see them, then, my God, they deserve to be doing that. (laughs) So, think of the the stealthiness to do that. So, I I ended up on a, a controversial... 3.2. 3.2. Oh. How about then the lore of brownies? The more and more we talk about it, the more I'm thinking this human size version <laughs> is definitely the a, 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 a little kid, a rich kid that lived in this time, would stay up late unbeknownst to his parents, and that's when the uh, the servants would come out to clean and that kid would see them and be like, who are these people? Because they <laughs> don't know servants. <laughs> they don't know who these are. They're, they're kids. You know, they don't get a, 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 you know, nobody, don't talk to the family. Just do your work kind of thing. <laughs> and don't the, talk to the staff. And then, and, then, and then everything's clean by the next day. So these kids are talking about other rich kids and they're like, yeah, these people just come to the house and clean. And they're like, they must be, they must be uh, brownies. <laughs> they must be from the fey world. Where else would they be from? <laughs> they're all naked. <laughs> I think it just blew up from there. And now they got boggarts and all these elves and pixies and other things. I think it's absolutely fascinating that there's so many different things. And yet they all have the same uh features mm-hmm. of doing the work and then running away when you give them clothes or, or give them gifts and then or getting mad and becoming these gremlin evil gremlin type things we need the gremlins 2 version of the brownies <laughs> <laughs> one made of electricity and and and, the, and what's interesting is that i i did some searches on on youtube on on brownies and I had to meticulously write the search in a way so that they don't give me recipes uh-huh. for the confectionery squares. <laughs> so a few of the of the, the videos that I got were people telling stories of their experience with a brownie or hmm. something like it. And so I just think it's fascinating that there's still people 
that can talk about these things and have stories about them and 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 the fact that as i mentioned earlier like the whole hauntings thing can be attributed can now be attributed to like brownies so that just expands so many different kinds of stories and and tales i i ultimately gave the mystique lore a four if they are responsible for hauntings angel does that mean there can be a brownie ghost train (laughs) the ultimate question (laughs) the for me it's really interesting as there is a a good deal that has been written about brownies and fairies in general i mean the the idea of them goes back centuries so it's it's been around for a long time and there's also like regardless of if you're talking about specifically like the scottish fairy there's like uh stories of fairies and or like fae folk entities throughout cultures all over the world too these ones are so specialized it blows my mind that fae entities that want to clean your home but like don't you dare tip them or acknowledge that they exist (laughs) or even look at them because they may that may anger them and and they leave and you don't want them to Presumably, you don't want them to leave because you like them doing what they're doing. I, mm-hmm. I think that's like the premise you want them to be doing this. It's a it's a weird dynamic between the way I think of it, like a housemaster and servant. That I don't know if I fully understand it or if it's lost on me. It's like in one hand, if a servant doesn't clean or do their job well, like the servant can blame the fae creature for messing it all up for making things dirty like if they if they forgot to clean something up they say oh the the that mischievous brownie they they did this if the master of the house sees it is clean and doesn't want to acknowledge or give like respect to the servant it's a fairy creature that cleaned up the mess it was some otherworldly creature that did this not my servant so it's like this weird master and servant dynamic um, that I think is lost in society now. And then if the the brownies are mistreated, they turn into boggarts. So we got that going on. It, it's all wild. And, and and maybe it's just me, but I also get like some creepy vibes from these things. <laughs> like at any moment, this fake creature could just like decide to kill you. If it doesn't want to clean your house anymore, like face shit is unpredictable and, and shouldn't be messed with. So they're, I think inherently mischievous and like deadly. So <laughs> it's, uh, not good. So I ended up for Lauren mystique. I wasn't quite to a four. I gave it a three. How about the cunning and intelligence of the brownie? Always the most controversial mm-hmm. category. I mean, these these creatures are intelligent. They are. They make their own decisions. However, they're almost like robots. They're programmed to do certain yeah. things. They must do the work, and I guess they enjoy it sometimes. Sometimes they're beating others for not doing their work, pinching you black and blue. <laughs> yeah, um, and then if you make them go away then they just go away forever but then who knows what they're doing like are they on vacation do they retire i like to think that they start a new uh brownie family to then continue the tradition of 
sending their kids off to be uh, brownies for some random human. Is it like a, a residency for doctors? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I'm your resident brownie here to clean up your messes. Feed me cream and honey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I give them a four. Mm. They, uh, the way I looked at it, they seem completely in control of their actions. I don't see anything that uh, compels them to do this beyond their own desire and free will to do it. But I, I take a few notches off the points because they, they just seem so damn fickle. <laughs> Sometimes they want cream and honey to be placed in the corner for them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they uh, will just destroy your house because of the sheer audacity of giving them something or acknowledging them. So the unpredictability of the entity, I landed on a three and a half. How about the pop culture of the brownie? So the pop culture, I think, is interesting because I don't specifically hear the word brownie a lot but i have seen pixies and fairies and all these things depicted in media but they're not depicted doing these things the what they're what, what is known as a house spirit except for the most famous house spirit of all dobby from a harry potter fame who is in fact uh confirmed to be a brownie or something of that nature. I don't like the term house spirit. It seems a little, a little weird. Anyway, but I mean, is the house alive? <laughs> <laughs> I think thanks to Harry Potter fame, maybe the idea of house spirits is probably becoming more and more commonplace. Mm-hmm. For pop culture, I gave this a two point five. Uh, unfortunately, from what I could find, no beer. That was specifically related to brownie, but it was difficult to uh, try to get a succinct search that's not like brownie uh, baked good related uh, in flavor and stuff like that. But there is a soda company since 1929 called Brownie, and their icon is a little elf dude. So that's Mm. clearly uh, a reflection of the brownie that we looked at today. There's also, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, Angel, called, uh, it's based on a book, The Borrowers, starring John Goodman, where he's like, I think he's, I'm not sure if he's a real estate, like, mogul or a landlord, but he's trying to, like, destroy a house, and then these little creatures live in, like, the floorboards, they have their own little society, and they try to, like, stop him from destroying the building, and it's all good fun. I think the book is from the 50s. There's, I you mentioned it before, Willow. I don't know if there's a more impactful movie that I saw as a child than Willow. Um, <laughs> it was just the perfect movie. I'm trying to think of anything else. And, and like you said with Dobie, I mean, that's uh, Harry Potter is a whole nother level of pop culture uh, around the world. So there's a lot going on there, specifically like with giving the clothing to Dobby to uh, free it. And that's a whole part of the story coercing his master to give him a sock it gets all it's a wild a wild story but uh i ended up landing on a 2.8 for impact on pop culture for the brownie and what did you have for a final score before i tell you what i have for a final score another thing is the uh the cleveland browns mascot is a brownie the elf 
At least at one time it was. I think way back in the day it must have been. Yeah, and back in the 50s and 60s. Um, but it's still considered an official mascot. Well, I mean, the NFL can't get much more pop culture <laughs> than that in America than the NFL. And to add more to the confusion, just as I mentioned before, one of the comments on this page says, A brownie is not an elf. Its origin comes from Finnish folklore, where it is described as a creature that does good deeds at night and is much appreciated by homeowners. If someone messes with one, then they can become aggressive. Now it's Finnish. <laughs> now it's Finnish, exactly. So my total came out to be a 14.5. You won't believe it, Angel. Pickle, tubes, whatever the hell you go by. I had a 14. So our rubric of power score for brownies is a 14.25. Whoa. Wow. I think that's the closest we've ever gotten. I think so. And a remarkably high score for Brownie. Did not see that coming at all going into this episode. The resilient little dude. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to make it angry. <laughs> <laughs> you do not. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, do I, do I want to retract my score in a straight 20? <laughs> <laughs> Just give it the highest score possible. A little asterisk next to this one. (laughs) Sorry, Santa. (laughs) Brownie sits right beneath the the chupacabra. Damn. Who would have who would have thunk it? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love them brownies. (laughs) Gotta love those beaver brownies. Mm Mm-hmm. And now, Curiosities, it's bedtime, so let the brownies do their work and head on to Twitter, where you can find us at Cracking Curios. Make sure to tweet at us, because we love your tweets, and include the hashtag Cracked Cryptids. Maybe uh, a, a new hashtag. I don't know. Why don't you throw one out there, Matt? Uh, hashtag Beaver Brownies. <laughs> hashtag Beaver Brownies. You can also find us on... Uh, Instagram at Cracking Cryptids, and maybe possibly send us an email at Cracking Cryptids and Curios at gmail.com. That's gmail.com. It's official. Find us on any of your favorite podcast platform. We're on all of them, mostly. If we're not on the one that you like, guess what? Yours is not that great. <laughs> Ooh, fighting words. <laughs> and, uh,. You know how I like to say our goodbyes. So, as always, as I like to say, pickle fine and pickle gay, picky. I can't. I can't. Pickle now will run away. Toodles. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. I once... I once sneezed. And I felt it in my nose. It was so bad.